Frequency, frequency, frequency matters. the Frequency Matters podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Today we have, uh, our guest today is Nicholas Antone. Hi, Nicholas. Hello. Thanks for being on the show today. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you for asking. Nicholas is a songwriter and producer from Cincinnati, Ohio, and operates under the name Niche Tone. His music can be described as an amal- amalgamation. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Of various alternative world folk and electronic sounds. Yes. Currently, he's working up uh, with an up and coming artist, Lucinda Sue, on a track, Follow the Feeling. Mm-hmm. super excited i heard a little clip of it and yeah. i think it's going to be absolutely beautiful awesome so um that track it sounds like the the two of you are going to co-release that mm-hmm. in this single in late march early april of this year yep very exciting mm-hmm. yeah definitely looking forward to it for sure it's been a uh it's been a cool process i've never worked with lucinda on a song before and um it's always, I think, interesting to see how you work with somebody differently creatively in a new space and um, how you operate differently with things. And, I, you know, we know that for sure since we've worked together creatively in the past. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been really cool for the song itself and also just the learning process of that, too. Excellent. Yeah. So Nicholas and I go back a couple years. We first met at uh, Ecstatic Dance. Mm-hmm. At a time in my life where I was just exploring my authentic expression, and it was all kind of new to me at that time, but I found this beautiful, safe space and community, and um, and that's where we met. And from there, um, we, I had felt a call at that time to record some of my tuning forks. And so I had asked Nicholas if he could help me uh, learn how to how to do that. And so he got together and um, walked me through Audacity at the time, which was all kind of like foreign language for me. And then you had a little excursion off to China. I did. Yeah. So um, talk about your your path. And then I'd love to come back to our process and how we Mm. co-created music and how you've gotten to where you are today. Sure. Yeah. That's definitely a, um, a very big question. Um, (laughs) musically, um, I have, um, started playing guitar when I was 10 years old. Can't really say I took it like super, super seriously. I was taking lessons at the time and, you know, was just learning all like the classic rock covers that you do, like Ozzy Osbourne, Led Zeppelin, all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, it was always something that I did, didn't really take super seriously, but always loved to do it. And then I feel like starting probably around the time that we met at Ecstatic Dance in 2017, 
was when I started going to various open mics and things like that and playing. And um, so started off more on the songwriting front than producing. And then right around that time as well, got into Pro Tools software and trying to learn, you know, like what it's like to get a microphone and record from home and do all that kind of stuff. And um, uh, released a small little EP that year, um, had some songs on it like follow the wind which is one that i like to play live a lot um i'm a big fan of that song yeah thank you i appreciate that yeah, yeah that was one that um we played together as a language of light collective down at this yoga festival it was a lot of fun getting to uh to do that for sure yeah um and yeah going to china could be like a whole podcast in and of itself um <laughs> basically uh yeah it was a time in my life that i was looking for some exploration and uh, went very, very far and um, realized that I kind of needed to take a step back to heal a little bit in various different ways. Um, so interestingly enough, yeah, went to China, was supposed to go there for a whole year to teach English, but after about a month was sort of like, it's not for me and was ready to come back home. And it was probably... It probably wasn't even more than a week or two weeks that I feel like I don't remember if, who reached out to who between us, but the idea of just collaborating on making some music with the guitar kind of stuff that I was doing in the singing bowls that you had just yeah. kind of came up. And um, yeah, I remember that whole winter and spring in the process of just feeling more in myself and back in my body was also that process of we were collaborating on this meditative music and um yeah so how frequency matters got started within that i think uh will always hold like a special memory in, in my heart and time and yeah yeah so i'm i'm super honored to have you on the show um obviously the name of the podcast is the frequency matters podcast that has become my business name but before it was any of that it was the name that we created music under so for our, our listeners out there, uh, we have two albums with uh, kind of one bootleg, yeah. <laughs> maybe two actually on Bandcamp, um, yeah, yeah. just collaboration with other artists. Um, but I've, I've so much enjoyed um, collaborating with you and our process, I think, has been a really unique um, is, I mean, I've never produced music. I've never really created music with others. And so when I first started playing um, and, and really being around the community that we had come across in our lives at mm. that time, everybody was very musically talented. And mm. a lot of the songs, we just jamming around a campfire or in a basement. And I, I remember thinking like, this song is made up on the spot. It's complete improv and everyone is in their own unique strength and wheelhouse and somehow it's coming together to just be this magical energy this just beautiful thing and i'm like mm. we may never play this song again or i may never yeah. hear this again so yeah. i remember thinking like we're gonna record every time we get together and play <laughs> we're gonna record it and i yeah. think that was kind of a different mindset from a lot of musicians out there yeah so talk about, if you don't mind, tell me a little bit about how our process of creating music mm. is different than other musicians that you've worked with and maybe how that's inspired a different mm. path in the future. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I got to bring that to honestly back to Marielle McIntosh because like the first night that I met Marielle was at like a potluck. I think it was maybe like the week before that ecstatic dance, which was funny because it was like I met her and Nicole there and then like we showed up to it and it was like, oh, you go to this thing too. But I specifically remember being around a group of people that night and some musicians, some not musicians. Um, and so I was definitely used to being in the space of, you know, kind of like playing music, instrumental stuff and improving and however things kind of flowed. Um, but Marielle was there that night and Marielle was singing things and was singing words on the spot. And there was something about that that just kind of like, I don't know, it sort of blew my mind because it was like, like she was so carefree with it. And it was like, oh, you're allowed to do that. And like, you're allowed to have a meaning with it or not have a meaning. You can just sing and express yourself in that moment. And it was like, oh, this is really, really cool. Um, so I think just that overall sentiment at least that night and then moving forward as a musician does make you realize like um even as i was kind of talking earlier with guitar lessons and you know you kind of like have these songs that are established and you learn them and you play them like there's a whole there's just a whole other world of um you know what can you create when you give yourself the freedom to improv on the spot and not be fixated on what the outcome is or how you're sounding if you're sounding perfect or not sounding perfect and um yeah so that in what we did with improv with our kind of larger group of friends and interfrequency matters um the sentiment i think was a lot the same you know we didn't have like vocals going besides those bootleg kind of albums that marielle is on mm -hmm. um but just our process of we're going to, you know, take some deep breaths and chill out and get in this space of like, let's just allow whatever is going to flow to like come through. And yeah, I mean, I feel like all of our music was improv in that way and it was all spontaneous. And I feel like since you live further away from where I do, um, we would just have times where we'd record for like two hours and that would be four songs that would be like, okay, that's four songs <laughs> that we got done and we move the process along there, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I, I really appreciated that process a lot. And, you know, I think we did that for those two albums. And when, you know, I kind of got busier with work and things like that to try to change our process was something that we were exploring but it was, it was almost like there's something about the improv of this that like that's what the music of Frequency Matters kind of is, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, um, definitely as, yeah, just to sum that up as a general thing, improv versus more calculated things thought beforehand. I think um, every musician and just creative in general like should explore that that territory because I think that's where some some good magic is. Yeah, I fully agree. Yeah. I think that we, when you say just um, any artistic expression, because that's a lot of what, when I was first exploring my creative expression through art, mm. it was um, really trying to get out of my own head and my own mind yeah. and mm -hmm. just enjoy the process rather than focusing on that end product and what it was going to look like. And mm -hmm. abstract art really allowed me to do that. And so I very much appreciate that that flow and getting into like, well, what wants to be created tonight? 
And um, that was that kind of process was kind of what set the stage for my sound healing sessions and mm -hmm. my sound baths. And then when we would create music together, because we would always set an intention Mm -hmm. And we would always kind of walk through a, a grounding medita meditation where we would connect to the earth and connect to creator. And then just from that space, allow ourselves, our hands to be moved mm -hmm. and allow the frequencies or the whatever uh, magic wanted to come through. We were open to it at that time and anchored in an intention so yeah. we had the name of our song from before it was ever created we mm -hmm. would say this song is for peace of the mm -hmm. suffering or whatever for example and then we yeah. would just play and let that emotion or that intention move us and i just think mm -hmm. that that whole process was really beautiful and powerful and then taking it to the next level when we would put um, like music videos out there yeah yeah it was just amazing because I, I already had taken all these pictures and videos for like years mm -hmm. being out in nature and whenever I'd feel like inspired by the sunlight or the way it hits the water and I'd I'd take a video of that and my husband used to laugh like what in the world are you going to do with all thousands of pictures of the right. sun <laughs> like you know I don't know but then one day it was like Oh my gosh, like I yeah. know why I took all these pictures and these videos yeah, yeah. and they just so perfectly went so effortlessly with mm -hmm. our music that it was just like it, and, and honestly, that's how I feel like our music created itself in a way. Yeah, because it was so natural and so free flowing. We didn't mm -hmm. really have to try. We just had to show up. Yeah. And I just yeah, I feel that when I listen to the music that it's it moves me and it helps me get out of my own headspace whenever I'm working around the house or doing something I really don't want to do. If I'm feeling that resistance and I put on Frequency Matters album, I just find myself in this beautiful flow state and it's, it, mm. it, it becomes effortless. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's, that's definitely super, super powerful. Um, yeah, I like what you said about not feeling like you have to try is is the big thing for sure. Just letting everything flow as it needs to. And it's weird because you can be in those spaces and feel like, you know, that that there is still a force and that sometimes like it almost like I feel like when I get into those spaces, um, like sometimes there's a feeling of like, oh, I've completely surrendered to this improv and flow and then be like uh but the mind creeped in like a little bit too much and then it's like it's just a continual kind of thing but i feel like when you finally get there it's just like a, a point where it's like yep i'm not i'm not doing this anymore it's happening and i'm part of it and it's like that's it's just such a blissful feeling and it can be in all aspects of life just that yeah that observer behind everything kind of feeling and mm -hmm. um yeah um and to kind of segue into some of the stuff i've been making recently um because my process has changed a whole lot in the sense that i'm basically doing what i feel like is the complete opposite and still trying to find that flow within that which is okay. a very interesting kind of thing cool. but 
Yeah. When you're, um, when you're making music, especially if it's like by yourself, even with your collaborating with people, if you're focusing on, you know, how am I going to put this like arrangement together for an entire song or like, this is the verse, or this is the chorus for this thing. Things can become, I guess, a little bit more analytical or like feeling that way, or just sort of like, you know, traditionally this is what songs do. And so this is going in this direction and I'm kind of going to like follow this flow. Um, so yeah, even within that, I've been trying to still find ways of being able to improv and go with the flow with things. Um, but yeah, surrendering to just like finding flow, I guess, like in very analytical things or being able to be like, like, I'm going to try to find flow in this. Like maybe I'm trying to write like a drum part or something. And I'm going to find flow in this by being very analytical and being like, I'm going to write three drum parts. And like in the process of these three parts, I've like put bounds on the number and like the specific thing I'm trying to do, but I'm open to like the options of which of these am I going to pick like kind of at the end sort of thing. And that sort of, I feel like takes away from the fear a little bit sometimes, especially, which is, it's like a weird thing in, in a modern age too, with like, we can record an infinite number of times like there's no especially people recording at home and that aren't really on like a budget of going to a studio and having to like pay an engineer or something we can record as much as we want but like there's still this inherent like when you hit this record button it's just like uh and like everything freezes and you feel like you don't know what you're doing and so i think to kind of like be more analytical about it and be like okay you're going to do this four times and not think about like is limited is this one good versus this one it's just like you're going to focus on that you're doing it for this many times and so learning that like say that's necessarily an improv kind of thing it almost feels like overly structured but finding that there can be different ways of flow and like lots of structure too has been a very cool thing lately i like that that's cool. yeah it takes a lot of the it sounds like it takes a lot of the pressure out of that it has to be a certain way or like you said it's it's not good enough or it has to be perfect yeah. it's like that gives you just choices and mm -hmm. like just many variations and options and ability to layer and yeah. bring one in cut one out and yeah. whatever it feels like it flows mm -hmm. well that's cool yeah so is is that um you said that's the kind of like music that you've been focusing on lately for sure yeah it's just been... the idea of like i'm sorry go ahead oh it's just that's what i was gonna say yeah um yeah definitely lately has been more of the the structured planned out kind of kind of vibe for sure cool yeah and um you've had a couple songs that you've released recently mm -hmm. um what was uh the inspiration behind like where do you get a lot of your inspiration from um, so that's where I try to, um, I try to stay open. I try to, even if I'm not in the space of complete improv, like how we were kind of talking about before with frequency matters, I do try to, at least when ideas are starting to always be in a space of like openness to where it can go and throughout the entire process of it too. But it does get to a certain point where you kind of have to like, put form around the thing and be like, this is the title of it and that sort of thing. I will say I do like to just from more of a black and white thing. Like I definitely start with music first for things. 
always kind of like letting that be a guide. Um, cause I'm very much comfortable in the space that feeling like not every song does need words. Like things can be instrumental if they want to be that way. Um, so starting with music and then coming from a place where, um, if lyrics and themes and things are being added that almost like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I feel like for me, title is like always the very, very last thing that mm -hmm. kind of like comes to my mind with music because the times that I have tried to like write a song and I'm already like, this is the title of what it is. Like it's another constraint that helps to ground things, but it also, I feel like can be limiting because it can be this thing of like, well, I'm going to write a song called fear. And then it's like, so if I start in this place of, okay, fear, and then all the words I'm thinking about are words that are like related to fear and for whatever reason that feels like it limits me versus like, I'm going to write from a place of fear, not necessarily know that I'm there, but I'm just kind of like writing and expressing. And then later maybe be like, oh, this has themes of like fear in it. And that could like be a title or something like that. But I try to always, I guess, in my process, stay like open to where does this want to go and um, never trying to be too like you feel it with art when you're trying to like strangle something and hold on to it. And it's just mm. like, but it's always that thing of like each, each project to me feels like it's like a different kind of thing. I, I think I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. cool. I know when we've played together live in the past, I have always felt like you've done a really good job of um, like translating the energy of the room and mm. bringing in people's emotions and your own emotions into a musical flow, which mm. I think is, is really a, a gift. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, um, I definitely feel that sometimes it's not something that I try to like Cause yeah, it can't be a, it can't be a thinking thing. It has to just be like a feeling kind of thing. Um, I will say though, I have thought about that in the sense that sometimes writing music that is my own, especially music that's my own and has my own lyrics and things like that can be um, harder or like more intimidating to kind of finish on one aspect of just like, you know, every artist has self-conscious, like, should I even be saying anything at all kind of thing that comes up. But beyond that, Sometimes, yeah, like if you're on an emotion for a song that feels like this is a hard emotion or an emotion I don't really want to explore to like consciously put yourself not necessarily in that emotional state, but at least that you're like, you're almost consciously like letting those things out or like come up and there's, I don't know, like somewhat of a pain in it, I guess you could say, um, to where like you don't really want to, or you can get like glimpses of it, but if you go into it too deeply, you're just like, yeah, I don't really want to, I don't want to deal with all that. Or I was just like having a day and I want to like have time to make art and not be therapeutic. It is all therapeutic at the end, I feel like, but sometimes those harder things that I think want to come out more, I can struggle with like following through on those, but I've tried to like flip that on its head lately and be like, yeah, if, the thing that hurts more to come out is the thing that wants to come out more. So it's like, go, just go head on into that. And you're always going to be safe with it. It doesn't feel like it, but you will be. But um, yeah, emotions and music, like they can't, 
they can't be separated. They're like the same, the same thing, I think. That's really cool. Yeah. So when we played together, you mm -hmm. tune your guitar to 432 Hertz to harmonize mm -hmm. with the singing bowls. Um, when we played language of, when we played the language of light collective, um, mm -hmm. at the Kentucky yoga festival, um, there were, there was a set that we, that was like, how many of us? Seven, eight, eight, nine. anywhere from eight <laughs> to 15 people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was a really amazing and magical experience yeah. because we had about three months to take everybody's songs and learn them. And then um, part of the set, we played a three hour set. Part of the mm -hmm. set, we, the um, strings were tuned to 432 Hertz to mm -hmm. harmonize with the bulls. And then there were other songs that were a little more uh, jammy with um, drums and such. And then the singing bulls didn't seem to, they kind of were drowned out by that. Mm -hmm. um, but I always thought it was a really um, powerful experience to listen to a whole collective in 432 hertz from my perspective hmm. um from your perspective do you feel the music any differently um i know we've talked about it a lot before mm -hmm. so i'm just curious um your thoughts yeah um so i would say that i do and i know that we come at that from a different place like i feel it differently in the sense that um yeah, I'm, I'm not huge on uh, 432 being like any kind of specific sort of thing versus other frequencies. And I know we've talked about that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but what I think is interesting that I feel like I've also told you before is that um, the simple act of taking something that is 440 and like kind of shifting it to 432 um, is interesting in that things are standard 440. And so naturally by taking that and changing it to 432, um, since, so like, if you think of two notes on a piano, if you're going from, um, a is 440 to 432, it's not quite a whole like note on the piano. It really would be like closer to a half or more of like three fourths of a note. So like a key doesn't really exist on the piano for that. Um, so in that sense, yeah, I find like there's kind of a, especially with my own songs because, and, and everybody else's too, that we were doing for the yoga festival, like we're kind of used to playing those in a certain key and then dropping them just like slightly. Um, it's kind of a cool thing. Like it gives it a warmth and it gives it a warmth in a way that's not just changing the key necessarily. Cause if you were like changing the key it would be as if you were changing a whole note on the piano. Um, so naturally, yeah, there's going to be like overtones on notes and things like that, that are not really mathematically happening. Um, if you change keys versus 432. So I think that is pretty cool. Um, whether those things are like super, super perceptible to the human ears, maybe where we differ on that. Um, but I definitely just feel like, yeah, I felt, um, a slight difference there and, in, in lowering to 432. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Now I know you've explored different tunings as well. So mm. tell, tell us about some of the other tunings that you've played around with. Yeah. Um, definitely. I'm going to shout out Shanti Aries here. Cause, uh, he's, he's the master of various tunings as well. Um, 
yeah on guitar like not to get super like musical on it um but a fun thing to do if you're a guitarist or musician and you haven't explored it is just to kind of tune the strings like to your liking and just continually kind of play and see like what comes up for you um that's always a fun way to generate new song and riff ideas it can kind of like stab you in the back if you come up with a random tuning and you like don't remember what it was or like there's only one song out of your set of like 13 that you have like four or five different tunings on them so there is i guess like a logistical aspect to try to keep things similar um but yeah i think exploring different keys and different tunes it's kind of interesting as well um i don't know if you've seen you're not on tiktok are you i nope. i, I yeah. try not to be I mean, yeah. I, I occasionally get the like YouTube shorts and the, I mean, and I, I, I have some, too. yeah, Facebook reels come up, but definitely mm-hmm. I stay away from TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> but please it's share. Inter- <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting thing lately. Um, and I feel like probably this happened a bunch when vinyl was more popular because like you could slow up and speed down the vinyl or whatever, but it's a big trend on TikTok from what I understand that people will either like speed up a song slightly or like slow it down slightly or like move the they'll like slow the pitch down and then they'll like put a bunch of reverb on a song or something like that so so i definitely think we're in an era where people are kind of exploring like oh this is what this sound is but what does it sound like if you change it slightly knowing like what the original one is and um it's kind of a cool space i honestly think that Spotify in a couple of years will probably have some sort of function where you can do that or you can like change the key of a song or move it or you could probably like put a song in in 432 or something like that so I think it's really interesting that humans are naturally just like they hear something and then they're like but what if it sounded like that kind of thing so it's cool to see that's going on cool yeah yeah um I'm curious I know that you've done some um, like you, I saw one of your videos that you did with the, the dog dancing on the different, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. squares or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, how do you like, are you using a certain app to do that? Like, what are your, what tools do you use to like layer on these different videos? Cause I've seen that. And I think that's just yeah. so cool that like artists and musicians are like building on top of things that they're creating. So it's like mm-hmm. 12 different versions of them in one time, which obviously they didn't do it once, but because we right. have these, this technology nowadays, it's possible. And it's really, mm-hmm. you could be like a 12, a one man band with 12 different parts. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was like kind of the first video I did in that realm. Um, I honestly just like did very, like it took a lot more work than like the 30 seconds or whatever that it oh, was. I bet. But, but um, yeah, I think I just downloaded the video. And then interestingly, yeah, like the dog, the melody that the dog played was pretty sweet, I must say. And um, so there was already pretty much something there. And then I think I just had to like change the pitch of it slightly so that it would match like all together. Or there was like a part in the middle where there was more space. So if you just like cut out that space, then it's just like, the dog playing or whatever um but yeah there's lots of tools and um i've been getting into sampling which is kind of an old school hip-hop thing honestly but there's lots of tools and audio things where it will take audio like that and it'll kind of like figure out what the bpm is and it'll some of the stuff even will like chop up specific like transients of the audio for you to like kind of do things with it um 
so yeah, just kind of taking that and then editing the video time-wise to fit. And honestly, like I was so in the flow of it. I don't even know half of the things that I did. I kind of was just like trying to make it work. There's probably ways to make it work that are like faster than that too. Um, but yeah, I, I think that it's cool. Instagram and TikTok and lots of those things. There's a lot of things on there that are a lot of fluff for sure and absorbing our time. Um, but there are so many, yeah, cool remixes remixes that happen like you know if an artist releases a song they could have a remix somebody could remix it and have it out in like an hour just like crazy so much is being created in such a short amount of time and it's it's kind of cool but yeah we have to all be careful with it too right yeah yeah that's cool mm -hmm. i i saw one last night i didn't even mean to but i looked up a song and then the next one that came up was um a song that my kids have been playing just nonstop, but it's yeah. the um, Ivy and Polka uh, by the Kiffness. Okay. Yeah, the Kiffness, <laughs> he's the guy that definitely like, inspired me to kind of do that. Oh thing. my gosh. Yeah. yeah it's he's just great. like, he's just sitting there with like a little keyboard popping mm -hmm. out little like beats. Yep. And then, and it's, I mean, clearly you're using like a looping pedal of some sort or some sort of. Um, For that, no. I mean, it's no? all like, because it loops within the. um. The like audio that you're working with kind of a thing okay and then yeah you're basically just recording afterwards like you playing the note there kind of a thing because yeah doing all that live would be super cool um but yeah i would say most people doing those videos are definitely not doing them live it's just kind of like more of the after yeah. shot of what's going on there well then um i thought what i thought was was really cool on top of that was mm -hmm. that there were people around the world that were joining in yeah. and like one girl got on and was playing a, a violin to the mm -hmm. song and then there's like another picture pops up and it's a woman playing the flute to that song mm -hmm. so that's like people around the world collaborating in this way that's just like their own part but mm -hmm. when you add it to the whole song sounds just so like incredible and to think that like yeah. we're able to collaborate like this like mm -hmm. that it's just really it's amazing yeah it really is that's definitely um i'm seeing a lot more i've been trying to be a lot more active on my instagram than facebook lately and it seems like instagram is just very much that vibe of like people collaborating with each other and sending things also from a production standpoint um lots of people are using samples of other people's things and um, sample packs are very big to basically like be able to pay something like $5 a month and you can get background textures of sounds from people that are royalty free and that you can, you know, license for whatever you want kind of thing. I've met random people on there and kind of connected and then randomly one day I'm jamming and be like, I'm going to record like six chord progressions on guitar and send it to this person and see like if they want to just do anything with it kind of a thing. And so I, I very much appreciate that amongst maybe music producers a little bit more than like songwriters because with songwriting and I get it, especially lyrics and things, people are a little bit more like guarded and like, this is very much my own thing, but everybody in the kind of more music production world is a lot more like, Oh yeah, I want to use your snare on snare drum on my song and like you can use my loop of this on another song. And so it's really cool to um to see how that world operates for sure. That's cool. Yeah. The theme of the podcast of mm. Frequency Matters is people mm. brilliant people around the world doing <laughs> really cool things in the field of sound and light frequencies on mm. in the impact on the human body. Yeah. 
I think that you are a brilliant person doing really cool things when it comes to sound frequencies. And I'm curious at what your perspective is, um, how that impacts the human. Yeah. Um, or how does it impact you? Yeah, I think I can't. I feel like I definitely can't separate sounds like from music. I know that they are very different things. Like I just heard a car roll by. Hopefully you didn't hear the car roll by. That's okay. Um, but it's honestly weird to not to go off on another tangent, but like there are times when I'm making music too that I feel like I will be making a beat or something and a car rolls through. And it literally does feel like things have this like cadence to them that they didn't have before. Um, but yeah, I would say like, I definitely feel that, you know, whether it's from a more scientific or spiritual or whatever, just the idea that like everything is vibrating all the time, I definitely feel like feels very true to me. Um, you said everything is vibrating. Is that what you said? Cause it kind of cut out. Yeah. Everything is kind of vibrating just that at one time. Um, so yeah, when I think of sound, I just think of vibration and, um, trying to think of a little bit more to, to say on that, I guess. But uh, yeah, I don't really, uh, I guess I, I think the way that sound can be relaxing, that sound can be frightening too. That sound can really be more pointed and have specific direction is um, it's very interesting. And um, especially the way that things are going lately with, and I, I know that you have more expertise and knowledge and with the, um, specifics of sound healing these days. Um, yeah, how, I kind of want to ask you this question because I feel like being on Frequency Matters podcast here, um, how do you feel like within the past like 10 to 20 years, the idea of, I guess even just start like before that, like when, when would you say the term of like sound healing specifically? kind of like came more into the mainstream of society? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, it was, I feel like mainstream back in the ancient days, like mm. it was built, they had like sound chambers built into their temples and mm. like they found um, like specific parts inside the, the, the pyramids that had like incredible acoustics. Mm -hmm. um, they like the didgeridoo from um I think it was australia but way back yeah. in the day that was like the mm -hmm. very first sound healing tool i think back then it was just mainstream because we didn't have modern medicine the way we do today hmm. um, but i think that over time it has kind of become uh less um popular hmm. um somewhat forgotten like an ancient art and hmm. i think in the last yeah, probably 15 years, it's definitely been picking up. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's mainstream yet. Yeah, I think a lot of people know about it more so than mm. they did even two years ago. But yeah. I mean, my goal is to really bring it and not I don't think that this is something I can do single handedly, but hopefully, mm. with this podcast and with other sound healers are also doing this all around the world. 
um, mm. just bringing it to more mainstream places like corporations for their workplace wellness programs. I'd love mm. to see it in schools. I feel like when we are seeing it in the hospitals, in schools, mm. in the workplace, that's when we'll really have like this mainstream um, breakthrough. And I yeah. think I think that it's it's close. I feel like we haven't quite flipped into that yet, but more people mm -hmm. today are accepting of it than than I've experienced in the past. When I first started playing my tuning forks and I got my first set of tuning forks, I remember being like super shy about it, like like, mm. oh my gosh, I'm such a nerd. <laughs> like I would like hide them, I'd bring them out like um i didn't really talk about it with anybody just because i felt like nobody's gonna understand <laughs> well yeah. today I, I got to a point where i'm like these are really cool and people need to hear it and mm. that, that's when i started being a little bit more bold about it and that yeah. was probably 2016 2017 mm. um honestly maybe even 2015 because um, i started bringing them to a women's circle that i was um, co-creating back at that mm. time. And um, we kind of had this like very safe, sacred container where mm. people were open to it. And I didn't feel yeah. shy or shameful about it being really like different. And that yeah. gave me the confidence to do it and talk about it and share it with others before I ever was able to do that, like to a, just the general population. Uh -huh. So I'm not sure if that yeah. answered your question, but I think we're getting there. No, yeah, it definitely does. Um, yeah, I think it's very interesting how, and I don't know if we want to go into that at all too, um, but how, yeah, the whole, the whole idea of what we were trying to do with bringing sound healing and music together with the music that we were playing and like kind of how we found lots of flow in that and maybe there are also struggles within it too from like both of our perspectives. Um, if you have any thoughts on that. Um, specifically um, flow versus the struggles. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that by the process that we were creating with like a meditation first to really ground and connect, put, mm. us, put us into that flow, but then also brought us into that space of um, it could be very uncomfortable because we didn't know what was going to come through. Mm. And when the mind starts to creep in, um, you kind of have that dance of Shh, like, it's fine. It's going to be okay. <laughs> like, yeah. like this, like inner parenting, like mm -hmm. just, just relax. It's okay. But there was a lot of, you know, I think fear that would come up and creep in, like, especially playing live like am i doing yeah. this right are they resonating with this and mm -hmm. do people like do they get it like is this is this yeah are people connecting with it or or is this just like because every every um sound bath that i've done up until um probably the last year um people at the end would just be like so um quiet and mm -hmm. i now uh understand that to being like blissed out yeah <laughs> relaxed but i would ask for feedback and like nobody would really they couldn't even talk <laughs> like mm -hmm. people would just stare at me and i'm like okay i mean <laughs> i think that's a good thing i'm not yeah. sure um 
But I, until recently, I started asking, like, raise your hand if you feel more relaxed than when you got here. And mm -hmm. everybody, hands down, raises mm -hmm. their hand. And so, like, that's enough yeah. for me to be like, okay, like, people are not in a state to um, analyze what they've just been through, process, yeah. and talk about it. And I feel like um, that was kind of the same with our music in the very beginning. It was well received, um, but I think it wasn't really until we started involving the audience mm. that we could really feel how they were getting into it in their own way. And that was really magical. Like if you think back to our, our very first show at um, the yoga studio, mm -hmm. um, we I think everybody was kind of like laying down or sitting down yeah. in the beginning and then when mm -hmm. we gave people permission to like move around dance flow mm -hmm. play an instrument with us the whole vibe changed and yeah. and our vibe changed because of it i think was we mm -hmm. were picking up on that energy as well yeah that, that was really cool yeah it's like we were all co-creating that music mm -hmm. and i think that they felt they felt the audience felt that too yeah but yeah, I think when we sit in, like there's been other shows that we've had and people don't really feel, even though we've given permission for people to get up and move around and mm -hmm. it's more of like a, like a church setting and yeah. people are just kind of like sitting there. Some have their eyes closed, mm -hmm. uh, mostly eyes closed, I'd say now, yeah. uh, but people aren't really getting up and moving and it's hard to know are they resonating where it feels like once, once they kind of are moving with the music it feels like we're we're all co-creating this even though before we're maybe just picking up on their uncomfortableness yeah uh, of their like the stiffness is, is this mm -hmm. safe and i think that would come through in our music yeah versus when people are like walking around and dancing and playing together and just like more free flow mm -hmm. that comes that comes through too so it's like yeah because we're in that improv state we're reading the energy and that's what's coming through mm -hmm. so i think that's a interesting thing yeah definitely i felt like it was cool to be in that space and sometimes definitely some anxiety in that space too because even though like like you said yeah we were kind of picking up on whatever energy was in the room so even though we knew our process and like we're just going to let this go where it goes it was like if we're picking up on the energy in the room and there's a uncomfortableness or there's like a you know and not even from a place of like a judgment of the sounds that we're making but more of this place of like this is kind of new and like i don't know what to do about this or i don't know if there is more of a meditation or and i think it's interesting the difference there because um maybe with sound healing and music is musicians for sure are definitely super used to like playing in a loud room, playing in a room where people aren't necessarily listening, or you almost kind of use that like loudness of a room or a crowded bar. And when people are actually getting quiet is that gauge of like, oh, this one's kind of working because people were quiet for a second in this loud bar sort of a thing. But the opposite feels true with sound healing where it's sort of like, I feel for it to work better, like, the idea of having a silence kind of like facilitated and and spoken of beforehand really does create that sort of space, especially because, you know, it does 
like music can be moving in so many ways. And there's so many songs that are moving and move emotions with people. Um, but I don't think music necessarily has the same capacity that like, if someone's just listening to singing bowls and laying down and really, really tuning in deep, especially to a place where like, if they don't do that normally, you know, that can bring up so many different emotions and stuck things. And I think that's where a lot of this healing is. And so ideally, yeah. I think when it flowed the most, it almost felt like it was like there was sacred space for all of that to happen. Yeah. And like it could. Um, but yeah, I think it can kind of be um can kind of be difficult to be in that space where you're like with a very powerful healing tool and way to tune into yourself. And then there's also kind of like a dance vibe going on too like so i think i really appreciated that we like you know we had a good experience with that first show for sure and those at that yoga studio but i appreciated that we always like and not to say that we ever had a time where it was like we played that was like oh that was weird or bad or anything but i appreciated that we always like put ourselves in that place of like I don't know how this is going to go exactly. Like we kind of know, but we were just kind of open to like the flow of it. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, before those experiences in my life, I was, I would have been very uncomfortable in that mm -hmm. space. And so having that, um, that freedom, like you talked about in the beginning, that freedom for creative expression in the moment, mm -hmm. um, and having you up there next to me kind of took some of that that pressure off. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, everybody's staring at me. Like, yeah, like it was like I I trusted in uh, our collective uh, expression that mm. that together we would create something that everybody needed. And I think yeah. that honestly that gave me a lot of confidence to do that by myself. And I don't know if I mm. could have gotten to that place without yeah. those experiences. So thank mm -hmm. you for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I totally agree. I think that um, the sound healing, it does bring up if, if you have stuck emotions or unprocessed trauma, mm -hmm. that it, it can really rattle those, those, those emotions, those blockages. And yeah. I think that um, we, we probably were picking up on that in some instances where people were like, I don't know if it's okay to move right now, where I feel like mm -hmm. the movement is sometimes what helps that stuff kind of leave your body. Yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like, um, when I, when I, it's, it's like a, uh, push pull kind of thing with sound baths because everybody's laying down in such a relaxed state. And I feel like some people need to go really deep to get to that space to allow this stuff to come through. And I feel like I'm speaking directly to their cells or their DNA or something at that point, mm -hmm. where if they were conscious, more alert and awake um, and moving, I'm not sure that they would get as much out of it. But yeah. at the same time, it feels like there's this like time and space for both. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll say for myself too, like, I definitely noticed like, um, when we would play more often and when I was doing even like busking downtown, um, just, yeah, my whole mindset as a musician kind of shifted 
from how we played because there'd be moments where it's like, I have songs and I know I'm going to do them and I know some are going to like vibe more than others and people will respond more than others. And, but there would just be these moments where it'd be like, I would maybe be not feeling it, or I would have these like songs that I told myself I was going to play. And then I'd be like, I don't really feel like I want to go to that like emotional state or kind of like ride that roller coaster of like, this song is more upbeat. And then this next one's like not, um, but I'd find myself being in this place of like, I'd be out there for like two hours at times and would be feeling this weird way. And then just kind of just like almost like pacify myself with some sort of like meditative music or like, and it feels very weird at first, especially like downtown on a street, like cars going by, but it would be very interesting that like, I felt like I could do that. And then that I wanted to just like stay in that place. Cause sometimes I think like, people might not understand like some musicians definitely like we all you know we want to hear people clapping we want to hear like oh that was a good job like you want that reflection from people but sometimes it just be in this place of like i'm i'm vibing and i'm with the space and others and like we're all just riding this and like let's just we need the clapping we don't need the you know social cues of like this is how we need like let's just like ride this thing and let it go and that's where times when that happens just feels like there's such a breakthrough of just newness of like you know music doesn't have to just be you know a three minute pop song and i love three minute pop songs i like writing them too but there's so much room for just like putting yourself intentionally in spaces with sound in so many different ways and um so I think when I was saying before, like, I appreciate you clarifying that, yeah, sound healing specifically probably is not mainstream. I think maybe I think that from just being around it and in that world. Um, but yeah, I think I'm seeing all kinds of things like that pop up, not necessarily with singing bowls lately, but just lots of musical artists being like, yeah, we're going to play specifically chill tunes for an hour and people can bring a pillow and meditate or sit along. And so I think that um, that vibe of, performer that that was a whole other thing too like performer and audience how you were talking about how we had our audience kind of interact with us too i think a lot of those things are kind of we're not getting rid of completely of the old we're all gonna like you know performing and artists and songs and intention with that but i think that um yeah humanity's exploring a lot of like new ways with it and i think that's really cool i do too that actually gives me goosebumps to think about because Mm. i feel like one of the things that make us unique from other animals in the universe is that we have this ability to connect to each bring our own strengths and to collaborate and create something cooler than what we could have done on our own Mm. potentially because we have those different pieces that are coming together Mm. and i i feel like as a humanity we've never really been in that space So we're just beginning to scratch the surface of what's possible and what that potential looks like when we are able to come into that space. Because I think in the past, um, we're very ego-driven and Mm -hmm. it's like everybody else is seen as competition where it's like, no, I'm the star or I'm the lead. So you follow me, everybody stand behind me, Mm -hmm. where I feel like that, that paradigm is shifting and we don't need to be the star we Mm. you know we are coming together 
to create something completely new. And yeah. when you when you do bring the audience into it, I think that their experience of that is in a, it's completely different too. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I think also just too with um, social media, like a thing I've been trying to do on Instagram to kind of like market a little bit is to um, any hashtag that I use, like in a post of mine, I will, and typically they're like original music or music production or something like that. I'll like intentionally take time every single day. And this also helps limit like my time on these apps too, by doing this, but I'll specifically be like, I'm going to take a half an hour or an hour and I'm going to click on the same hashtag that's on my post and go through and find others that are doing similar things. But the catch is like, not to just go through and I'm going to like all these things and I'm going to be like, here's my name too, and just kind of throw it with the thing, but to genuinely be like, I scrolled through some posts that I didn't necessarily like, and I found this one and I liked it. And I intentionally put a comment of my own, like, this is why I liked this thing. And it's such a cool thing to see. Like the reason I brought that up is because thinking of people that are like the star or how you were saying that, like, there's just so many there's so much more, I think, talented people today than there's ever been before because we have social media and there's people that are doing things on social media that are like insane and groundbreaking that have like 10,000 followers, which, you know, is a lot, but it's not like millions that other people have. And so we're really, we really are moving to this state where like, I think there's always going to be famous people and there's always going to be people that like everybody kind of knows, but we're also in the state where it's like, there's going to be lots of like different levels to it and there's going to be people that like we admire that not everybody knows and i think that it's cool to kind of like be in that state and in- inherently i just see everybody becoming more creative like in on, on all levels and all things and it's amazing i yeah that's cool. yeah i hope that that's the case i pray that's the case because i do i do fear with yeah. so much uh content out there that it's it could be very stifling at times to see Mm -hmm. i mean if you're in that mindset of like oh i'm not doing enough or you know like it can get you see other people out there that are doing great things and it can get you feeling down sometimes and that will absolutely stunt the creativity rather than seeing like look at all these things that people are doing what can i Mm -hmm. do what can i that's different or what can i do what how can i add my own piece to this yeah and and yeah i think that that's that's cool yeah Uh, something i heard recently was um i don't know if it was an artist or a musician but they were kind of talking about um a big struggle for a lot of artists is sort of that idea that it's like they look at everything that's out there and they kind of have this um notion that like there's only a limited you know amount that can go around. Like there's only, there can only be this many talented people. There can only be this many musicians or artists. And it's like, no, we literally can all do cool things. And yeah, that means there's going to be like, I was saying like less big people or famous people in that sense. But it's like, that's what I think kept people for the longest time. And you know, there are still shows like that, like American Idol or the X factor or things that are very focused on, like, you're going to be a star in this specific kind of way, but like, 
a lot of that's stifling. And it's like, there's a lot of people in life that never decided to pick up a paintbrush or an instrument because they saw a show like that. And they were like, well, I could never do something like that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that shifted is just so cool. And I think I've been trying to do this too, this year more specifically than last is like the opposite of anxiety. A lot of times is action. Mm -hmm. And so being in the space where you're like, you know, comparing yourself to people, but in a healthy way, comparing yourself and being like, I love what this person does, but I recognize that they're doing this because they put in work and they had discipline to like get to this level of doing this. And I'm not going to compare myself with where I am now because I'm not here because I know that if I keep doing these things, then I'll go as far with it as I want to go. And I think if people have more of that aspect and less about the results, then hopefully what they'll find in it is that like, like they actually just enjoy the making of it versus the external thing in the first place. It should just be a joy to do it in the first place. Um, but yeah, like I think even a lot of people too will go down that line and realize like, you got to think, unfortunately, there's lots of people that have become bigger in their domains for their discipline and things, but they get burnt out on like, they're not doing it from a genuine place anymore. And as an artist, like you don't, you don't want to be there either. Um, so what can we do about social media? I do think there needs to be like more and it needs to be spread out. Like the fact that we have these like overlords of like Instagram and Facebook, like only three or like TikTok. Now there's like three major kind of things and they own other things. And we're going to need to shift that up a little bit, I think. Um, but yeah, just the general idea that, uh, you can do cool things and show other people I think is, is cool and that you don't have to be like the best at it. Yeah. Like we're coming into a time where like anybody could be, uh, famous. And and I think Mm -hmm. that's so funny. Um, my kids asked me like the last podcast interview that I had, they Mm -hmm. said, mom, is he famous? Yeah. (laughs) I was like, well, I mean, how do you really define that anymore? Yeah. Like the, it's like, probably among the people that know him mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> it's like well we all are then in that case yeah. so you know whether you have like 15 followers or thirty thousand followers you're famous mm-hmm. among the people that know you so yeah it's like we don't we don't need to operate in that that world especially like the um we can model to the the children i think on other other ways like anybody mm-hmm. can be a creator everybody we all can tap into that frequency of creativity. Yeah. And it's it's it is more about the process of creating rather than mm-hmm. that destination of what's your final product and is it excellent? Yeah. How polished is it? Yeah. Um so I think that's um my kids have a YouTube channel inspired yeah. by our frequency matters music. Oh, very they, cool. They now have uh like my son has a a YouTube channel for his hamster. And my daughter has one for our cat. I'm like, and they, but they're like, you know, it's, it's a balance of like, how many, how many likes do I get? And like, if we measure our success based on those factors, it could always feel like, you know, you put something out and then it kind of fizzles out. I got to put something else out there. So like, how can you think just continuing to be in that creation mode of, um creating for yourself and for the process of creating or you know for 
like for me, I'm putting out um, a lot of like small sound healing bites, like small mm -hmm. snippets of a frequency or something. And yeah. uh, my, my intention is so that other to help others. Mm. Um, so, but then it's like, it is this like, uh, it, it, it creeps up where it's like, I'm doing this to help others. Even if I help one person, like it's worth it. But then it's like, how many views? How many yeah. likes did I get? And you yeah. still like, I still get caught up in that just because it's mm. like that, that instant dopamine hit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's on, it's impossible not to get caught up in it. And, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to like brainstorm some kind of way. Like it would be strange that social media didn't like, if it didn't have likes, it somewhat feels like that's like the purpose of it. Like if there was just videos and you didn't see, cause we inherently just as human, like we, we see when something's getting like more traction or more likes and people are just more likely to like things that are being liked currently too. That's just like a very natural, I think. Well, and that's how the algorithms work. Too, yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, we could talk about that topic yeah. all day. Um, but yeah. I'm curious, um, what are your goals as a producer and um, musician? Yeah. What are your full, so, like, um, future stuff? Totally. So, um, currently, what I'm doing for this year is it's a goal of mine to release a new track every single month. Gonna be on track with that with um as long as we get it out by late March. We're we have this song off to my mixing guy, and so he's working on it currently. Cool. Um, but yeah, gonna do a song every single month. And I don't really have a lot of like hard stipulations on it. it has to be like a certain style or a certain way, just that like I put myself through that process of finishing a song and what it takes to do that. Um, and then beyond that, I am just the spirit of collaborating with more people more. Um, there's been more people in a local network that I'm collaborating with. And also there are people that I have met virtually on places like Instagram and things like that, that I'm trying to do actual tracks with. Cool. So um, yeah. And also exploring the space. Um, there's someone that I met online recently of um, sync licensing, which is basically licensing music for like film and TV and that kind of stuff. Um, which is kind of a new venture because it's never something I thought I would really do. But I will say to any like artists and musicians out there, it seems like there's a lot of it that's going on that's needed that can kind of be like a financial way to support your art a little bit. Um, I know that a lot of people kind of chase like Spotify and streaming, but from a logistical standpoint, you know, the price of what you're going to get paid for a song on Spotify versus if it's in like an indie movie or something like that. And you have to think too, that these are things that are commercials that run all over the world and things like that. And, you know, there's the tiny, tiny bit of ethical, like, is it right to use music for these purposes in me? But I also feel like, you know, people are going to use it. It is what it is kind of thing. Um, so I'm exploring that territory just a little bit. I, I, I will say I would like to maybe from a more artistic place, get into like film and TV side of things over just like straight commercials and kind of stock music sort of things. Um, but yeah, I'm very much just open to creating and consistently creating and then kind of always having materials that could go in various places. Um, so I think I've really over the past six months or so, I've really refined like what it means to be disciplined and set time aside to work on things and finish things. And also in my own process, realize like 
why is it when I'm like 80% done with the song, this feeling comes up? Or why is it when I release the song, this feeling comes up? So always trying to like gauge internally like these feelings and how most of them are generated around fear and things like that. And so really no, like the main thing is consistency. Like I was saying earlier, like it's just created a whole idea of more consistent I am with it, the less anxious I am. The, the less I sit there thinking about what will it be like to release an album or a song about this? And the more that I just do a thing, then I'm like, I'm not in my head about it. So it's been, yeah, a lot more consistency and discipline for sure. Excellent. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I did want to mention that the intro to the Frequency Matters podcast, Yeah. Um, this is going to be our first, that first episode where we're going to use the intro that you created. Awesome. Heck so yeah. thank you so much for that. Absolutely, I'm so excited. Yeah. I think it sounds awesome. Cool. And um, is that something that you like if, if other people listening to this podcast, if that's something that they're interested in, how can they get in touch with you? And is that something you want to do more of? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I would say out of social media, Instagram is probably the best place, um, but also email. So um, yeah, if you want in the bottom of this episode, I can send you like my link tree and have some contact info there. Yes, please. Um, but yeah, I love to, honestly, I've, it sounds strange, but I feel like I'm working better when I'm working on like three or four things at once versus just like one thing creatively. So I'm definitely yeah, open to podcast intros and all that kind of stuff for sure. Okay. Um, what other kind of stuff, um, is exciting to you to work on? I know you talked about collaborations, but what's the, like the, um, kind of person or skill set of. Um, that would make somebody a good fit to working with you. Yeah, someone that's just um, someone that is open, which most creative people inherently kind of are, but someone that um, is willing to have a good back and forth between working on something, discussing it, moving it further, discussing it. I feel like conversation is honestly like the greatest tool and strength with anybody in a creative domain to just be able to consistently, yeah, not just like take something too far in one direction. And, you know, it can be exciting. It can be exciting when you have this personal thing and you're like, oh, I got this idea. I know exactly how this is going to go. And then you feel that defeat when somebody else listens and they're like, oh, I don't know exactly if that's what I want. But I think that like, there's so much learning in that. And through that process, I'm realizing like the more I can myself like have a handle on that or like not get too far down the line for that communication. So yeah, someone skill set wise, I'm very open to people that are extremely experienced, people that aren't experienced, people that just have a vision and are willing to work through the necessary like struggles to get to the end goal. I think that like I'm open to that. So podcast intros, musical collaborations, musical collaborations, like sound um, engineering, like um, to help me understand, like in the future, um, what can you do to help this podcast be more professional or? Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm very open for podcasts specifically for um, podcast intros, outros, music, um, transitioning, editing the audio for like clarity and for removing ums and likes when it makes sense because sometimes an um or a like can enhance and sometimes it doesn't 
Um, some people even too, I've, I've been exploring the space of making various like sound effects and things. Some, some podcasts are very, very hyper and very like they said this word and then this sound effect kind of came up. So all that kind of stuff, anything that has audio and in a podcast, I'm super open to, to working on it. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? I think we've got another less than a minute. So yeah, yeah. Um, oh, no, oh. I feel good on my end. I, I just want to say, I appreciate you having me on and for all the collaborations that we've done over the years. And um, I'm hoping that we'll have more in the future. I, I fully agree. And um, thank you so much for your creativity, your flow, and for your presence and being open to whatever comes through and translating it in your unique way, musically. And um, I look forward to more collaborations as well. Thanks again awesome. for being on the show. This concludes episode three of the Frequency Matters podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I'm your host, Kim Fendi. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share. And check out the links below to check out Nicholas's music, connect with him to collaborate, and also to listen to the music that he and I have created as Frequency Matters. Have a lovely and blessed day. Frequency, 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 frequency matters, 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 matters. matters.